Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. God, we come before you tonight. God, I, I pray that every word that comes from my mouth is from you. That whatever you want to say, you can say. God, I pray that my headache goes away in this uh, supernaturally, Lord. God, I pray that this message is what they want to hear, but God, what you want to speak. God, I pray that it falls on fertile soil. It's life-changing. and good. But God, I pray that most of all that we find our, our identity in you. God, we pray all of this in your name. Amen. In your name. <laughs> in your name. All right. So I'm going to talk about a story specifically. Uh, those of you know, kind of, I gave my te- uh, testimony. Did we do it the first week? Okay. It wasn't recorded, though. Yeah, someone's, it was recorded? She listened. She was the only person to listen to it. Um. But I, I grew up pretty much in this church, and I grew up kind of till eighth grade going to Family Life Christian Academy, which is no longer a thing anymore. <laughs> but and then I went to Katie and the High, graduated there, then went to UL. But whenever I was in, I went from like super sheltered. I mean, I had older brothers, so not too sheltered, but. Uh, from from middle school to high school, it was like a huge jump. I saw like two fights in the first two weeks. There was like 40 arrests in the first six weeks. A lot of them were, were like, <laughs> come on, violence? Wrecking rams. They will wreck you. But um, so I saw all of that, and I was like little baby-faced Jonathan, and I'm like, I, I need to witness to these people. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Seriously, I was like, this is my mission field. And then there's a fight, and we've gotten my spaghetti because these two girls were going at it, and I'm like, I'm going to leave that alone. (laughs) That was my freshman year. And then so it came to my senior year. I got a lot more friends, more respect, just because I I led kind of like a Students for Christ Christian club, uh, and I was known as the little church boy. (laughs) And... But also another thing I would do is a lot of my classmates and stuff, they would go out drinking and partying and stuff like that. And I would be like, hey, if you don't have a ride, don't get in the car and drive. So I'd be their designated driver a lot of times. And my my parents never knew it. They just, they just thought I was sneaking out. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm going to bring some drunk people back to their house and stuff. And they didn't believe me. But <laughs> over time, they, they knew that. Um, so there was, there was this one guy, I've actually drove him home before, but kind of senior year, you're like 17 or 18, uh, a lot of, there's a specific club that everybody would go to that like didn't card you and they wouldn't like, they wouldn't ask for your ID and sometimes people had fake IDs and stuff, but this one guy, he, he got so annoyed with all the underage kids going to the club and he was 18 and he's like I was like you're 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 the person you're talking about but he's like he's like no I'm gonna go to the one where they have like where they card you and all and so he spent uh 
it was like $200 for like a fake ID. And I'm like, dude, that's like 50 bucks, like for a good one, like you can get. Um, <laughs> he put, he was like 24 <laughs> on the little thing. And uh, so he, he was telling me all about it because he was in like my, my third hour or something like that. And, like, every day he would tell me, he's like, yeah, I'm going to, like, because we all knew the guy that made the fake IDs. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to so-and-so. And And (laughs) I'm not telling you his name in case you guys want to make a fake ID. I actually don't know if he's still doing it. He probably got caught. But uh, he went to the club that usually they card. And uh, I didn't know if that one did, like, a swipe. You know how they swipe for, like, fake IDs to see if it's a, a real one? But before, like, he even went into the the, uh, club, one of his parents' like best friends was a cop, and he was like security outside. It was his dad's friend, and (laughs) he he saw it. It was like the worst look. He like he grabbed him right before he was going in, because he had his he had the little uh, fake ID out, and he's like, "What is this?" He's like, is this what you thought? And he took his ID and then and then drove him to his parents' house. <laughs> and then he was like punished for like three months. Like he had to ride the bus to school and he's like a senior. And that's like social suicide. Because like you're usually a freshman and sophomore whenever you're riding the bus. So he, he was pretty mad about that. But I, I laughed so hard. Like every third hour, we all just messed with him. We were like, like who got caught? You did. <laughs> so I say that to <laughs> I see everyone like smirking and stuff. It's super funny, okay? This guy goes in and in the the old like some random cop just grabs him and he's like, Ah, Mr. Phil. <laughs> like, I don't remember I don't know the guy's name. I'm just saying Officer Phil. Alright. But this specific guy that I'm talking about. He was like the party animal. He was the one that like everybody would Snapchat and he would like jump from the roof onto a table and stuff like that that you'd see on like Instagram or YouTube or something like that. But he was the one that was like heavy drinker and he's like 17 years old and he's always having like a blast and he's like the party animal. And but like I would talk to him like one on one specifically in like third hour. And he was, like, not that kind of guy when you were just talking to him one-on-one. It was it was usually whenever you get him into a crowd, he became uncomfortable and decided to, like, act out. And he decided to use that persona as, like, the party animal and try to do that uh, to fill a void in his life. Let me get some water. <laughs> Living water. All right. So I say that all that that whole story to say that, like you can go to great lengths to to fit yourself into a mold that you created to satisfy the people around you. And actually, like two years ago, the same guy, like he got in a bad like accident because he was drunk driving, and uh, he had his license taken, his real license taken away. <laughs> but the thing is that you can do that for so long where you try to fit into a culture that's so focused on on yourself and, and trying to fit into a mold that you create to make other people happy. And 
that can be so miserable because a lot of times it isn't your your identity, isn't who you are. It's not your unique self that you're fitting that mold into. It's someone that you're not. Amen? Next page. I... I've fallen for that mentality, uh, for sure. Like, growing up a Christian, you, you tend to focus on, like, do, do other people think I am, uh, as spiritual as, as I seem? And it was probably, like, I grew up, and I can tell you this for, this for sure, when I would raise my hands, I would, I would look around to see, if other people were looking at me, raising my hands, like like I was receiving more from God than I really was, and it, it became so so ridiculous. Where my, my relationship with God was not was not uh, connected. It 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 was so fake that I, I had to manifest experiencing God for other people to think that I was a Christian. It's going to get better. I'm not just trying to down you guys right now. But uh, kind of five years ago, six years ago, um, I kind of broke out of that cycle of of worrying if people think, hoping people thought that I was really religious to me, like, hating a religious spirit. Like, because I was in it for so long that I I hated the, you know, like, like oh it's a relationship it's not it's not religion like I I I pursued kind of the opposite of a, a religious spirit where I would be like okay I'm I'm not going to be tied down to a routine I'm not going to try to like worry about being consistent because God's got me I'm in a relationship with Him and it got to like me being so like like honestly a lot of people that I thought had religious spirits were probably more genuine than I was. Because I believe that like a routine, if 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 someone had a routine, it was a more of a religious spirit and it wasn't uh, a genuine heart. You follow? So uh and I, as I get kind of get older, as I as I mature in the Lord, you, you become more self-aware of where you are as a person. And like as like your spiritual life, especially as a Christian, is that you realize, man, I make such a big deal about the small things. Like for a long time, I, I would be like, I hope someone's seeing me raise my hands while I worship, so they know that I'm like a good church kid. And then it turned to, I don't want to make it seem like I'm raising my hands for every song. And trying to make it seem like a, I'm a religious, and it became, I, it was so consumed in my thoughts that of other people, like it could have been a whole worship set, and I didn't even think about God once. But I can, I had my eyes closed, and I'm like singing the songs with all my heart, and yet there, it's, there's no heart change, there's no, there's no glory going to God because I'm so concerned about the people around me. Have you ever been there? Come on. It's it's so out of the box. Like I'm so like low town. 
Come on. All right. So, uh, you know, that same, not, not the same thing about, you know, being religious spirit and stuff, but I was trying to fit into a mold that I was creating for the people around me. I was trying to be one thing, and then five years uh, ago, I was like, no, I, I don't want to be like that. I want to be like this so people think I'm genuine because I don't want, it doesn't look like I'm a religious person. So I changed it up, and then I'm like, wait, I'm doing the same exact thing that I was doing before, is I was trying to fit into a mold or an, an identity that's fake and not who I am. You follow? So there's, you know, two things that I feel like a lot of people, uh, like in in like the high school years and and even college, especially people that go to churches, you you you, get, you tend to obsess about two things: is your own calling and other people's calling. So I'll start with kind of the other people's calling and then. And then go back to number one. Uh, the fir- actually, the first time that I preached, uh, I prepared so hard for it and stuff like that. But the previous youth pastor, Elijah, uh, I tried to mimic his style to where I was like pacing back and forth and like trying to breathe, but I couldn't. Eat- I-, I can barely catch my breath now. So, like, imagine if I'm speaking even faster. And I'm like pacing. It was almost like Pastor Brandon. I was, I was like trying to like mimic, and he talks fast. So I'm like trying to do that. My face is red, and I'm like, and I and I grab the mic again, and I'm, and I'm doing it. And the, the thing is, like, how, like obviously there was some anointing because I prepared and I asked God uh, to speak through me. But I feel like I have way more anointing now. Uh, while I speak, while I preach, because I'm, I'm fulfilling God's uh, calling in my life specific to who I am. I don't have to speak like Pastor Brandon. I don't have to speak like Stephen Furtick. I don't, I don't have to fulfill a role that wasn't mine to fill. And uh, a lot of times we do that is where we see our friend who seems like they're you know, light years ahead of ahead of us in uh, in their walk with the Lord, and we try to do the same things. We try to, uh, you know, act a certain way. We try to d- say things that aren't who we are and behave in a way that isn't who God created us to be. So, yeah. So we 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 focus so hard you know, on ourselves and, and, and who we try to become. And it's usually not Jesus and it's not God who we try to focus on. It's usually, uh, and it's, and don't get me wrong. It's, it's totally okay to get influence and impact and mentorship and, and try to get influence there. But whenever you try to use that as an idol to form an identity, it becomes sin. Um, the second thing that I said that we can be obsessed with is, you know, our own calling and not necessarily worry about other people's calling. But uh, there was a certain time in my life that uh, right when I was graduating high school and I, w- I was trying to figure out if I wanted to go to 
Bible college or UL or if I wanted to go in the workforce and stuff like that. And it was a, it was in a lot of you sometimes. Are anybody else seniors? One. Okay. Well, you'll know. No, but there was a there was a transition point in my life where it became so I became so self focused that I didn't see anyone around me, and I had very little impact in my ministry to people. And a lot of times, whenever you become so self focused you tend to not see the people around you. And, you know, uh, there's one group of people that uh, in the Bible that we, that we put down a lot because they dealt with the same thing, and it's the Pharisees in the Bible uh, in the New Testament that they became so self-focused, so... Uh, let me, let me uh, see what I put down. That... They actually, their job was to sit around all day speaking about the coming Messiah, that their heads were so high in the heavens that they missed out on the Jesus, the Messiah, standing in front of them. That we, we can become so self-obsessed with our callings and what God wants us to do in our lives and, and what our futures are supposed to look like, that we're not acting like Jesus in the present. There, you know, God wanted us to be like Christ. So he sent an earthly model to model model our identity. And a lot of times we fail to do that because we're so self-focused on what we feel like we should do. And the Pharisees, they interpreted their calling different, that they were actually supposed to welcome the new Messiah and they resented him and wanted him killed. And we can do the same thing where we're so focused on our calling, we don't see it in front of us. You know, your calling isn't specifically for the future. It's for your present. It's whatever you're doing right now, your ministry right now in the, in the circle of friends, the circle of, of the people around you, how you treat them will affect what you do in the future. So let's say if you're, I don't know, like uh, on the leadership team or, or you're like in a worship team or in your job, how you treat your job in the present is going to determine what your career looks like in the future. If you don't care about your job now, there's no way God's going to use you to, be, to get promoted, to get the career that you want. Because a lot of times, whenever you're so your head's in the clouds, you can't see the thing in front of you. Amen. Come on. You know, uh, the reason why I believe the Pharisees got such a bad rap was that I, I tell you what they they knew the Bible more than we did. They knew the Old Testament by heart. Actually, I, I probably say by their head, but it wasn't written in their heart. So they weren't able to act out whenever their their Messiah, their Savior was in front of them. They couldn't put what they learned to practice. So, you know, all this head knowledge works. 
you know, you know, my own like crisis for identity can be some like through this, and it kind of gets to the point is that without love, I'm nothing. I have no identity. Without a connection with God, everything is of waste. And it kind of goes back to the guy that had the fake, fake ID. Uh, whenever you're you're in church and you're a church kid and you and you and you have that kind of either like a religious spirit where you don't have a connection with God and His in a relationship with Him, you feel like you have like you know like a little fake ID and it's uh, if you have a good fake ID, nobody can tell the difference between a real and a fake. And that, that kind of works with a religious spirit in your heart. If you don't have a connection with God, but you're doing all of the things that, you know, like a, a regular Christian would do, it looks the same. The only thing that's, and the only thing that, the only person that can tell that if it is a fake is God. Because whenever you die, whenever you go to heaven, or hell, but whenever you go to heaven, all of your works are going to be thrown into a fire, and whatever is remaining that was genuine love and a connection with God stays, and that's sobering for me because there's there's a lot of years where I did things that it wasn't out of love, but it was out of I hope this person sees me do this. <clears throat> Come on. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it looks real from the outside, but in your heart is the only, the only person, and, and I say this because, I want to I phrase it correctly, that, you know, it, it doesn't matter what I think. If you have a relationship with God, it doesn't matter if, if Pastor Brady or any of the leaders, it's what God thinks. And that was what I struggled with the longest. Like I wanted to make sure other people knew I was a Christian, especially whenever I was in public school. It became such a, uh, I became the weird kid that was like, like if somebody said something, I was like, it must have been God. Like, like if something good would happen, it'd be like, Praise God. And they're like, who let this like Northern Baptist preacher <laughs> in Acadiana High? And I, that was probably like a lot of like a lot of my dad and me probably came out that, at that time. But because he's, he's a lot like that. But uh, kind of dealing more about how God sees on the heart. And first Samuel 16, 7 says. Let me see if I got it right. OK. Uh, but the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Uh, at this time, it was Samuel uh, anointing a new king, and he was going to a, a specific family, and he was presented with a lot of, like, you know, stout guys, like, look like some some kingly men, and every time he would, uh, as it was about to anoint that one, God would say, no, you know, no, it's it's not him, it's not him. 
and the only person that was uh, supposed to be anointed wasn't in the room, which was King David later on. And, you know, Samuel learned a good lesson is that uh, no matter what things look on the outside, there's always another battle and another person that nobody else sees on the inside. Where, man, there's a, there's a lot of people that I did not expect to fall away from God. Uh, I've had many friends that, that I looked at that were probably, from my, from my eyes, more godly or, or served God better or had a better relationship than I did that fell away from God. And it, it, I learned this lesson too, is that we don't want, you know, I, I wouldn't want you guys to see, you know, the inner workings and the, and the deep parts of me. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't want you guys to know that. Similar, I don't think you would want everybody else to see what goes on in your heart and the struggles that you face on the screen. Amen? So, but the thing is, is, is that whenever you have a genuine connection with God, you can give those deep hurts, wounds, sins to God, and then He takes it and He makes you pure. He makes you holy. He gives you an identity. He shares His love with you. Amen? So, I mean... I'm all about being practical, so I have to add this in, is how do you develop and start or restart a genuine relationship with God? And the first one is kind of, it's kind of obvious because like every self-help book and everything says like be honest about where you are. Uh, whether you're, honestly, you're, you're, you're putting on the show and you're raising your hands, but you feel far from God. You have to be honest about it. You don't have to be honest with me. You don't have to be honest. <laughs> I just hear screaming. But <laughs> you don't have to be honest about uh, to me or, or a leader about, about where you are. The only person or, or, or being that really matters about who you're honest with is God. Because on, like I can't help you. Like, I really can't. Like, I can make you probably feel good and comfort you, but that'll probably last like two days. Whenever you go before God and you say, God, I feel like I'm fake. Like, I, most of my life hasn't been genuine. That I haven't felt your presence that, that, or maybe you, you haven't ever followed God and you're like, God, I, want, I actually want to feel your presence. I want to feel what, what all these people are talking about, a genuine experience with God. Can you meet me? It's about first being honest. It says in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Whenever you are honest about where you are and, you, and you're willing for God to do a work in you, He purifies you and He makes you a new creation. Amen. So, and where you felt dirty before, and you're honest about 
your relationship and, and you're willing to accept His love and His grace is whenever He purifies you. The second way to restart or, or start a genuine relationship with God is having a private and intimate relationship with Him. I'm not talking about you coming right here and, and kneeling down and, 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 and raising your hands and, and putting on a show for everybody. You know, the best way for you to not backslide and stop serving God is you going pray in your closet or your car or, or somewhere where no one can find you and hear you and you know that no one can find you. Because, you know, even Jesus did that where he encouraged us and he said, uh, let's see, in Matthew 6, 6, it says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The, the best the best way for a, uh, someone who has felt like they've lived a fake life or uh, not a genuine life is to do things that nobody knows about. Is to go before God and not tell anybody about your relationship. I'm, I'm all for whenever you establish that foundation, you share the gospel that you'd, but I'm talking about a relationship. Like, I'm not going to go to, to Luke and say, uh, <laughs> the stuff that Michaela and I share because we're husband and wife. That's something that only we know about and we share. So a deep and connect, a connected relationship starts through private prayer and worship. Amen. And I felt like, uh, you know, a lot of times, the only times that I would pray and worship was either on a Sunday or, or a Wednesday. And that was the only times that I would, I would feel fed. And I would only use those times to, it's just a little cliche thing, is like saying, like, I need to be fed by, uh, like, a pastor or a worship like a worship session. And honestly, you should be able to feed yourself through daily uh, talks with God because that's where your real, like your like meat and potatoes come from, is like constant uh, dialogue with God. Amen? You can stand. <clears throat> And you can turn off the lights too. Alrighty, guys. Close your eyes for me. You know, as I was sharing and about kind of living a life that's genuine and not fake and, and not putting a performance-based Christianity for other people, I feel like a that's a relevant topic for today. You know, it's, it's, it's very relevant for uh, someone to worry about the people around them and what they would think. So there's, there's really three people I want to pray for today. Is that... Uh, there's those... Or two people, I guess. That there's those that need to s- stop focusing on others and focus on the relationship with God. So I want everyone's eyes closed right now. 
I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. You can. I feel like if someone was in that fake mentality that they would look around before they would raise their hands. So I want I want it to be a genuine heart decision that only you and God know. If if you're someone that needs a genuine and connected relationship with God and for him to expose where you felt fake before and and you're just going through the motions and you may have a religious spirit or it doesn't even it could be other things where you you fit a mold for your friends around you for your parents for your leaders your pastor your teachers I, I don't I don't even care it it could be any identity that that wasn't for you that God created you for a purpose and a plan and that we shouldn't fit the mold of culture if that's you I'm going to pray with you God I God I ask for a more genuine heart change in each of these students and leaders Lord that I believe that through you you can melt the hearts of men God I believe that if we've had a hard heart if if we feel like we've we've grown cold grown cold to who you are in your presence God that you would melt away the fakeness and and, and not being genuine and and the fact that that we focus more on the people around us and and what they think than what we th- than we focus on your thoughts for us. God, I pray that we refocus and recalibrate our lives to you, Lord. you may maybe never you don't even care about what I'm saying right now or have never cared before about having a relationship with God you maybe you've been in church so long that it just become white noise and you just come because your parents brought you or they force you to come to church which is cool because we will still take you but you know keep kind of have everyone's eyes closed still is that you've never experienced a genuine relationship with God so first I want you to be honest about where you are similar to the first group that's saying God you know I know I'm a sinner I know that I've done wrong I know that I've sinned against you I know I've done things in my life that wouldn't make you happy. Next is is doing it within your heart, making sure it's an intimate relationship with God. Is saying, God, I'm I'm ready to accept you. I ask that you to come into my heart and I commit my life to you. A genuine heart change.
I can't do it for you. I can, I can pray up here all night. But it comes a time whenever you're tired of being fake. You know, everyone comes to the decision that, that they're miserable being fake and they're ready to accept a new identity. And I can't make you do that. people that you know have a genuine relationship but want more of God you know we, we tend to kind of focus on the negative and, and on these messages sometimes and but we never ask for more and I believe God has, has sent his son to die on the cross so not only that we can go to heaven but also that we can have heaven on earth and we can have victory and peace and love and joy and strength for whenever trials come. So that if that's you, if you want more of God right now, you know, I just ask you to raise your hands. Thank you, Lord. God, as we pursue you, God, I ask that you meet us where we are. God, we we forsake all fake identities, God, fake idols, anything that we pursued before. God, and we ask for you, your presence to fall. that whenever we go home whenever we find that secret place God we feel your spirit more than we did tonight God I pray for uh, an awakening in our spirit that whenever we pursue you that whenever we go to our secret place God that's whenever we experience you more and more and more God I pray that our private time the time in the secret place is the is where the roots grow and then whatever happens on the outside the manifestations God that the the experiences that we experience in the public God that that would be that would be from overflow God we want to pursue you more and more every day God I thank you so much for this message that it was timely for me and, and what I've studied and I believe that it can be relevant for the people in this room. That you've grown me a lot through being genuine and real about where I am even though it could be far from you. God, I pray that each and every single one of us can be honest about where we are and can be genuine going into their secret place or their hiding place or wherever they pray, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram.